It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand, and this week for show number 147. For the week of April 28th, 2016, we're stepping into the sound booth. We're going behind the microphone into the studio with none other than voice actor Jan Rabson stopping in here this week. Now, Jan, you may know from a variety of Disney films and animated films. From WALL-E, he was Axel in A Bug's Life, Inside Out, My Little Pony, Many of the Gulls in Finding Nemo, Facts of Life, Night Court, and so much more. And Jan is going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things. What it's like stepping behind the microphone, being part of many of these animated classics. Like I mentioned, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Wally, among others, including G-Force. What's he working on now, his fondest memories, and even a special phone call he once received from Mel Blanc. In addition, no show would be complete, like I always say, without the D-Team. Yes, and Aaron is back and at it once again this week. As you have the questions, he has the answers, and he's going to answer all your questions in I Want to Know. We have the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2 with our very own Caitlin. We also have Nathan, who's putting on the white gloves, dusting off the books, and telling you just what happened this week in Disney history. We have Paige direct from the Walt Disney World Resort, live on location, who's going to give you that hint of magic in Disney music with this week's Magical Music Review. We have Jason, who's going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you have to add to your collection. And we have Cody lacing up the boots, taking a walk on this week's Hollywood Walk, and telling you a little bit more about our very special guest, voice actor and icon, Jan Rabson. We also have Randy giving you the latest for your Android, your tablet, your iPhone, your video game systems with this week's Disney Mall. Multimedia. We have tons of news hot off the D-Wire from the Disney Channel, Disneyland, The Magic Kingdom, Girl Meets World, Marvel Entertainment, Her Universe, Ashley Eckstein, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and so much more direct from The Wire this week here at the show. So before I jump into this week's show, we kick things off here, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel. And Mickey's Travel has been in business since 1994. They're knowledgeable, they're experts, and they're going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have for your family, your loved ones, and more at the Walt Disney World Resort. And Mickey's Travel is going to help you plan those dining reservations, book that trip, figure out the best resort to make those memories happen, and just by mentioning Diz Radio, they are going to hook you up. That's right. They are going to take care of you with lanyards, autograph books, and so much more just by mentioning that you heard about them here at Diz Radio. So definitely check them out, mickeystravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to jump off this week jump into the sound studio, get behind the microphone, find out a little bit more about voice acting, kick it off with the D-team, and most of all, you, the D-heads. Without you, we wouldn't be anything if we didn't have you. Let's officially kick off this week's show, show number 147, for the week of April 28th, 2016. 
Mic check, one, two, one, two. All right, it's working. Yo, welcome to the best collaboration of all times ever made. Emily Osmond, Mitchell Musso, and BT on the track. Word. If I were a rich man with a million or two, I'd live in a penthouse in a room with a view. And if I were handsome, well, it could happen. Those dreams do come true. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. I wouldn't have nothing. For years I have envied your grace and your charm. Yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> But I must admit it. Go on, admit it. The guy you always come through. Yes, I do, I do, I do. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. Yeah. You and me together. That's how it should always be. If I didn't have you to serve Just a punky little eyeball And a funky optic nerve Word. Hey, I never told you this, but uh Sometimes I get a little blue Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. All right, Gerald, what is it? Fish got your tongue? Look, a duck! I gotta find my son, Nemo! Nemo? Hey, 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 he's that fish! You know the one we've been talking about, the one that's been fighting the whole ocean. Hey, I know where your son is. Huh? Hey, wait! They're coming back! Stop! Keep going! He's crazy! I got something to tell ya! Okay, don't make any sudden moves. Hop inside my mouth if you want to live. Hop in your mouth, huh? And how does that make me live? Mine? Because I can take you to your son. Yeah, right. 
Hope, I know your son. He's orange. He's got a gimpy fin on one side. That's me! <laughs> the voice of Little Bear and uh, from the series Road to Avonlea, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hi, Musketeers! Hi, Iggy! Big doings this week. Adventure, fun, music, cartoons, news. Everybody ready? Ready! Then on with the show! Listening to Disney on Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's Final too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney on Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parents and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all the heads, so I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 147 for the week of April 28th, 2016. As we're going into the sound booth, we're going into the studio, we're going to behind the microphone, essentially, with none other than voice actor Jan Rabson stopping in here at the show. And like I mentioned, he has been part of many different animated classics, like Wally, Axel a Bug's Life, Inside Out, My Little Pony, The Facts of Life, The Gulls and Finding Nemo, and so much more as Jan's going to stop in, talk about his career, being behind the microphone, 
Malone, and also Mel Blank and more. We also have the D team here. Yes, we have Aaron, Caitlin, Nathan, Cody, Paige, Jason, and Randy all stopping in with their signature segments, bringing a little bit of magic to you here this week. There is tons of news, hot off the D wire, and so much more. So before I officially jump into this week's show and get things rolling, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, our lifetime of Disney player, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. You can also follow us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can join our DizWire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Disney On Demand or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, magical, different kind of show. And remember, you can always subscribe and get the magic right there in your ears. If you just can't wait, you need it instantly, all you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPad, and more, and get it right there instantly as soon as it gets released so you can have the magic and memories of your lifetime of Disney instantly in your ears. All you got to do is search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. And remember, if you can't remember any of this because I just shoved tons of information down your throat, all you got to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and we have everything right there for you to click on, go to, and explore all the different ways to stay connected here at the show. So with that said, all VD heads, it is time to jump into that news hot off the D-wire. So let's just jump right into it. And how about a third and final show being added due to overwhelming demand for Disney's The Little Mermaid live in concert. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about the very first show that they were going to have. Well, now fans of Disney's animated classic, Disney's Little Mermaid, will now have another chance to see Disney's The Little Mermaid live in concert at the Hollywood Bowl on Monday, June 6th. Now, the first two nights of the concert were sold out within hours when it was announced a few weeks ago with an all-star cast of performers that are going to be singing songs from the Oscar and Grammy winning score as the film plays on the Bowl's movie screen, accompanied by the film with a live orchestra. Now, tickets for the third and final concert will go on sale at Ticketmaster.com at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time this week. Now, this performance, Disney legend Jodie Benson will be singing in the role of Ariel. Now, she joins Rebel Wilson as well as John Stamos and many others that are all connected with this. Now, I'm not going to go through everybody's names. I just gave you this rundown not too long ago. But for the performance only, this performance only, the third and final, the opening guest stars will also include original Disney animated voice talents such as Susan Egan, who is Meg in Disney's animated feature film Hercules, as well as the first Belle on Broadway in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, Brad Kane, who is the singing voice of Aladdin in the feature film. Now this is going to be a special family event at the Hollywood Bowl filled with all kinds of treats and goodies and celebrities that are going to be there. Now this is going to be fantastic. Now as they have officially released with Jody Benson, she said, I am so thrilled and incredibly blessed to be invited once again to sing at the Hollywood Bowl. And this time as my beloved Ariel during this unique commemoration of our movie, The Little Mermaid, said Jody Benson. It is such an honor to celebrate my 30th anniversary with the Walt Disney Company by standing on the Hollywood Bowl stage and singing the beautiful music of the brilliant Howard Ashman and Alan Menken. I was truly honored to be part of this eternal 
film that is going on for generations. Now, if you want to find out more about this, it is taking place at the Hollywood Bowl. Tickets are going on sale this week, and it is for the third and final performance due to overwhelming popularity. And if you want to find out more, you can go to DizRadio.com or also search through Ticketmaster, and you can find it there as well. Now, since we are talking about live performances, let's go from the small screen with Disney Jr. and also take that to a live performance, and it's going to bring you the Octonauts. Yes, Disney Jr.'s The Octonauts dive into the first U.S. theater tour in Octonauts Live that is kicking off. Now you can explore, rescue, and protect as the Octonauts announced a brand new action-packed and interactive theater show for the very first time in the United States, The Octonauts and the Deep Sea Volcano Adventure. Now this features brand new fan favorite songs from the entire Octonauts eight-member crew, including Captain Barnacles, Lieutenant Quasi, Medic Peso, and many others, as they invite audiences aboard an underwater quest through adventure, interactivity, and tons of sea life surprises. Now, it's starting in San Diego on September 22nd, and it's going to head from coast to coast, including many places like Los Angeles, Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, and Dallas. Now, they are going to have great tickets that are available, as well as VIP meet-and-greet ticket packages, where you can get your pictures with many of the Octonauts and performers from these performances. Now, as they're officially released on their statement, the Octonauts and the Deep Sea Volcano Adventure is a high-tech production featuring costume characters and animated projections to a massive screen on stage. We are thrilled for kids and families to see the Octonauts come to life on stage, said Amy, the Senior Vice President of Product Development and Brands at Silvergate Media. Now, the Octonauts and the Deep Sea Volcano Adventure is an opportunity for the Octo Cadets, for many of you parents who aren't aware, those are what your children are called, to be part of the real action. Now, the tour comes on the heels of the new Octonauts episodes premiering throughout the year on Disney Channel and Disney Junior. Now, seasons one, two, and three are also available on Netflix, and the first ever Octonauts 4D movie adventure is coming later this year. Now, this is going to take place, and the Octonauts will be the official mascots for World Oceans Day, kicking off on June 8th at participating zoos, aquariums, and museums. Now, in addition, many new Octonaut products are also continuing to roll out as part of key licensing deals with Fisher-Price and LeapFrog. Now, if you want to find out more about this, all you have to do is go to octonautsliveus.com or facebook.com slash octonautslive, and you can find all the information right there. Now, pushing right along here, let's get into something that we all love, and how about voice actors mixed in with Star Wars, mixed in with Geek Couture? Yes, we all know I'm talking about Ashley Eckstein and her universe. And her universe and Hot Topic have now teamed up for an all-new, stunning new Star Wars The Force Awakens fashion collection. Yes, groundbreaking fangirl fashion and company, as we all know, her universe and Ashley Eckstein have now continued to connect up with Hot Topic. And it was announced this week that Star Wars The Force Awakens fashion collection featuring dresses, cardigans, jackets, and leggings are going to be available only at select Hot Topic stores and online at hottopic.com. Now, the Force Awakens-inspired line features designs by the winners of last year's Her Universe Geek Couture Fashion Show held at Comic-Con International in San Diego, where the finalists were announced and voted on with handmade creations. Now, this is an all-new fashion line at Hot Topic, and this is going to be, you know, something great for a lot of you women out there who want to get into, you know, Star Wars, Force Awakens, but be kind of girly. There's Kylo Ren dresses, Captain Phasma jackets, Captain Phasma leggings, Stormtrooper dresses, BB-8 dresses, 
Roses, Ray Hoodie Cardigans, as well as a Ray Dress, and even a Poe Dameron Flight Dress. So there's a lot of different ones that you can get here, and they range from a lot of different sizes as well, from X to small to 2X, and they are going to be available, plus 3X and plus sizes will be offered online as well. Now, as they have stated, we had so much fun watching Kelly and Lito Platt, the two extremely young, talented designers, win the show at San Diego Comic-Con last year. And this year, we wanted to bring those designs to the mass public at Hot Topic. Now, her universe and the new Star Wars line are going to be available at Hot Topic stores or at HotTopic.com. And if you want to find out more about this, just go to HerUniverse.com, as well as we have it posted on our official website at Diz Radio. Now, moving to the small screen, and how about a division of Disney and ABC Television? Yes, and how about going back to those classic days of game shows? Now, I myself am kind of tired of reality show, but how about Alec Baldwin is going to host the return of the Match Game on ABC? Yes, Match Game producers have announced that it is going to return to primetime and will be hosted by the Golden Globe and Emmy award-winning actor Alec Baldwin. Now, the Match Game is a panel game show for those of you that aren't familiar with this, some of you younger D-heads out there, that features two contestants as they attempt to match answers with six celebrities in a game of filled missing in the basically filling in the blanks. Now, executive producers are going to include Alec Baldwin and Jennifer Mullen. Now, the 10-episode series will air as start as ABC's Sunday Fun and Games block alongside Celebrity Family Feud with Steve Harvey and the $100,000 pyramid that is coming. Now, this is shaping up to be fantastic. I mean, there is something to be said where we could just have a fun night of game shows. You know, Sunday night, bring television back to when you brought everyone in. I mean, it's not as good as The Wonderful World of Disney, but having a Sunday, like, game block of just fun games that you can watch... This is going to be something that's going to be fun. Now, Jennifer Mullen, the CEO of the media and producer of the Match Game, said this is one of the crown jewels in their portfolio. They're thrilled to be bringing it back to viewers in prime time, and they are having a terrific partner with Alec Baldwin as their host as the Match Game. Now, since 1980, Baldwin, as we all know, has been part of many different things. He's a Golden Globe and Emmy Award-winning actor, as well as been part of many television productions and more. So now you can get ready. Part of the fall lineup, the ABC's Sunday Fun and Games block that is going to be coming, and Alec Baldwin is going to host the return of the Match Game. Now, continuing on here, let's get to the parks, and how about water parks and how about broken pipes are to blame for extended closures at Walt Disney World's water slides. Yes, no one is plummeting down the signature water slides at the Walt Disney World's Blizzard Beach this last week. Summit Plummet and the nearby Slush and Gusher have closed for weeks and it's uncertain when they will reopen. Now Disney says a broken pipe at the water park is to blame. Now seven websites have predicted that the slides will open Saturday, but Disney said that that is not a firm opening date. Now Disney did acknowledge that the slides have been closed for quite some time and they didn't exactly say how long. Now, reports surfaced on social media of the slide's closure on March 16th, and two days later, Disney's construction team filed a notice for a project build BB March 16th Summit Leak. Now, the entire park was closed briefly last week, according to theme park websites, and it was closed for refurbishment from April 3rd to the 5th as well. Now, Summit Plummet is Blizzard Beach's tallest, most intense water ride. It features a 120-foot slope, and Slush and Gusher is a high-speed 90-foot slide. Now, Disney suggested that people seeking Summit Plummet thrills could go to the second water park at Typhoon Lagoon, which also has Humunga Kawabunga, a slide that sends people 214 feet down a 60-degree angle. Now, late in September, according to social media reports, Summit Plummet and Gusher were closed for extended periods of time, and 
let's just hope that uh, they are open in time for the warm weather. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I did have more news, but we have a jam-packed show here this week. I was going to talk about Adventures in Babysitting, the new Disney Channel original movie that is hitting DVD on June 28th, where it's a remake of the original, as well as Girl Meets World Season 3. But you know what? Just go to our website, DizRadio.com. We have a lot of the news right there. I don't want to talk your ear off here this week. So with that, I'm going to wrap up news here this week and release the reins to the D-team for a little bit as we gear up to go into the studio, go into the sound booth with none other than Jan Rabson, who's going to be stopping in here, chatting with us, and so much more. We have the D-team stopping in. So before I officially uh, release the reins here to the D-team, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel. And Mickey's Travel is 100% no-fee free agency that's going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. They are going to make it magical, memorable, and just make it special for you and your family. From dining reservations, character meet and greets, resort reservations, and more, they are going to make it fantastic for you. And just by mentioning that you heard about them here at Diz Radio, they are going to hook you up. Yes, you heard me right. They're going to take care of you at Lanyards, Autograph Books, and so much more. It is that simple and that easy. Yes, just mentioned Diz Radio, and they are going to hook you up. So all you got to do, go to mickeystravel.com, check them out, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. You have questions, he has the answers, and Aaron's going to answer all those questions in I Want to Know. We also have Caitlin with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2. We have History with Nathan, we have Cody, Paige, Jason, and Randy, and a full jam-packed show as we gear up for none other than voice actor Jan Rabson stopping in here very shortly. So let's continue to press on for show number 147 for the week of April 28th, 2016, and let's keep pushing along and remember... Just have the time of your life. Was a bug, little bug, hardly there. How he felt, what he dreamed, who would care? Without any evidence, he was full of confidence. Have much common sense. It's highly he just knew that he'd come through. It's the time of your life, so live it well. It's the time of your life, so live it well.
of Toy Story to infinity and beyond comes an all new motion picture event Walt Disney Pictures presents a Pixar Animation Studios film no Harry no don't look at the light I can't help it it's so beautiful tell you how things are supposed to work the ants pick the food the grasshoppers eat the food it's a bug eat bug world out there someone could get hurt he's quite the motivational speaker isn't he let's ride <laughs> it's the same year after year they come they eat they leave that's our lot in life it's not a lot but it's our life <laughs> <laughs> I've got an idea. We could find bigger bugs to come here and fight. Now, why didn't I think of that? Oh, because it's suicide. What they needed was some help. Ah! You're perfect. What they got... Popcorn, snail popcorn. ...was a bunch of clowns. <laughs> We're losing the audience. Get out there now. They'll only laugh at me. That's because you're a clown. You parasite. Circus bugs. Hey! I thought you were warriors. Hey, cutie! Want a holiday with a real bug? Yeah, yeah. So, being a ladybug automatically makes me a girl. Christ, she's a guy! Come on, Francis, you're making the maggots cry. <laughs> Walt Disney Pictures presents... I'm desperate! I couldn't tell! A Pixar Animation Studios film. This was not supposed to happen. Squish him. Ah! Run for your life! An epic... I think I'm going to bet myself. Oh. Of miniature proportion. We don't serve grasshoppers for the colony and for oppressed bugs everywhere. Hello there, curly bug. Shoe fly, don't bother me. A bug's life. Coming to theaters this Thanksgiving. Hey, turn your butt off. Greetings from your old voice actor pal, Corey Burton. <laughs> and you're listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, I'm back, D-Heads. I want to send out a heartfelt thanks to everyone. 
for your thoughts and prayers during this difficult time. It's been greatly appreciated. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Rachel Fiat of Michigan, and she writes, Aaron O'Diz Radio, thoughts on a classic Disney movie, Robin Hood. I'm a fan of pretty much all Ren Fair style of things, so this Disney classic, are the characters ever seen around the parks anymore, or parades? Is there an official soundtrack? I can only find the three same songs all the time. And Baloo is a lot like Little John, and sounds the same. Is it the same actor? I think he was on an old radio show as well. Thanks much. Well, I also love Robin Hood. Robin Hood is one of those characters that are hard to find. He sometimes appears in Fantasmic at Disney Hollywood Studios. Sometimes you can meet him at the unofficial character Palooza after Fantasmic, which is over at the gate near the Tower of Terror exit. And we can always hope for another Long Lost Friends promotion at the park. Although a full soundtrack to Robin Hood has never been released on compact disc in the U.S., a record of the film was made at the time of release in 1973, which included its songs, score, narration, and dialogue. Both Odalele and Love appear on the CD collection Classic Disney 60 Years of Musical Magic, and finally the voice of Little John and Baloo were both voiced by the great Phil Harris. He was a pioneer in radio situation comedy, first with Jack Benny, then in a series in which he co-starred with his wife, singer-actress Alice Faye, for eight years. He was also Thomas O'Malley in The Aristocats. Well, our next question is from Trevor Johnson of North Carolina, and he writes, Disney On Demand, with you being the go-to people for things not just Disney Park related, thoughts on Zootopia? Are there any Easter eggs I should be looking for? And this may be hard, but what other Disney Fox and Rabbit teams have existed? I know Robin Hood with Robin and the Rabbits, but any others? Y'all rock. Well, I've read some articles that consider Zootopia the most Easter egg-packed movie ever made by Disney. This question could be an entire podcast in itself, so I'm going to give you my three favorite ones. I'm sure Jonathan also loved this Easter egg. Emmett Otterton was a nod to the Jim Henson special called Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. The two sheep working in the meth lab named Jesse and Walter. Any Breaking Bad fans in the house? And of course, there's the numerous Frozen references. There's Han's Pastry Shop. Two little elephants dressed up as Anna and Elsa and Chief Bogo literally tells Judy Hopps, life isn't a cartoon musical where your dreams come true, so let it go. Also, let it go is on Judy's MP3 player when she's on the train, and that's not even close to all of them. And one of the fox and rabbit references you forgot was Briar Fox and Briar Rabbit from Song of the South. And of course, we can't forget Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit, because we all know Jessica's a fox. Well, our final question this week is from Heather Franklin of Oklahoma, and she writes, Aaron, question for you on the parks. How many skipper boats exist in the Jungle Cruise at Walt Disney World? Just wondering the actual count. Do they still shoot the guns at the hippos? Thank you for the show and answers. 
Well, this is one of the all-time great attractions and one of my favorites. There are 15 boats in all, but the 16th, Kowango Kate, was retired in 2000. Unfortunately, they no longer fire the guns at the hippos. I don't think they even carry a gun anymore. I sure hate to see that go. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and I'm glad to be back. Surprise! Long live Robin Hood! John. Oh, the world will sing of an English king a thousand years from now, and not because he passed some laws or had that lofty brow. While Bonnie Good King Richard leads the great crusade he's on, we'll all have to slave away for that good-for-nothing John. Incredible as he is inept, whenever the history books are kept, they'll call him the phony king of England. Apart from the phony king of England <laughs> He sits alone on a giant throne Pretending he's the king A little tycoon's rather like A puppet on a string And he throws an angry if he cannot have his way and then he calls for mom while he's sucking his thumb <laughs> you see he doesn't want to play too late to be known as john the first he's sure to be known as john the worst a pox on that phony king of england lay that country on me babe of our bread. King Richard's crown keeps slipping down around that pointed head. Ah, but while there is a merry man in Robin's wily pack, we'll find a way to make him pay and steal our money back. A minute before he knows we're there, old Rob will snatch his underwear. <laughs> the breezy and uneasy king of England. Slivering, groveling, nearly wiggling, blabbering, jabbering, gibbering, jabbering, blundering, plotting, wheeling, dealing. Prince John, that phony king of England. Yeah. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. Well, as I'm sure you've heard, the new live-action Jungle Book movie is doing really well. 
So much so that they've introduced a new limited engagement show at Animal Kingdom with Baloo and Louie. It's called The Jungle Book Alive with Magic, and it will premiere Memorial Day weekend. I can't wait to see what kind of fun they've cooked up with these classic characters. At Disney Springs, there will be three new food kiosks opening at the end of May that sound amazingly delicious. At Aristocrates, you can choose from an assortment of sweet and savory crepes. The Daily Poutine will have different poutine dishes to suit different tastes, from classic and Latin to Italian and French. And B.B. Wolf's Sausage Company will feature artisan sausages. B.B. Wolf's and The Daily Poutine will open on May 15th, and Aristocrates will open on the 22nd. A new animated series will be premiering on the Disney Channel this summer called Elena of Avalar, which features the first ever Disney princess inspired by Latin cultures. And to celebrate Elena's premiere, she will also be introduced to the parks this summer. You'll be able to meet her in the Magic Kingdom, and as we get new information on this meet and greet, we'll be sure to share it with you. And don't forget, there are plenty of new nighttime experiences to enjoy at Animal Kingdom while we await the premiere of Rivers of Light. From seeing the Tree of Life awaken in magical scenes and light, to Kilimanjaro safaris after dark, we can't wait to get back down to Orlando to experience it for ourselves. You can enjoy all the major attractions like Expedition Everest, Dinosaur, and Cali River Rapids, plus a new Harambe Wildlife Party with African music and dancing. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly! Since the very first bedtime, all around the world, children have known that once their mothers and fathers tucked them in and shut off the light, that there are monsters hiding in their closets, waiting to emerge. But what they don't know is, it's nothing personal, it's just their job. Nobody here. Huh? There's, there's no kid. There's supposed All to be a kid. Right, there's no kid to scare. I'm panicking because well, there's no, a total no, no, lack no, no. of kid here. Let's just check the schedule. It's very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Well, let me see. Nine o'clock. Yep, nine o'clock. Boys' bedroom. Boys' bedroom. Out of Magnolia. <sighs> Magnolia. Give me that. It's Mongolia. Mike, does this look like Mongolia to you? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well, okay, you remember the fifth grade yeah. when you spent all your time passing notes to Susie Boyles? Loved it. The rest of us were studying geography. This is not Mongolia. Uh, would, would you listen to this? Blame it on the little guy. How original. He must have read the schedule wrong with his one eye. Oh my, come on. Uh, don't take it personal. You were come thinking on, that. Don't you were be so that. sensitive. Uh, come on, buddy. Little Blinky. Don't, don't your do buddy? that. Who's I'm daddy? resisting you. Come on. Don't make me come like on. you. Don't, I don't want to like on, you now. All right. <laughs> hey, guess which planet I am? Huh? Come on, look. Uh, guess which planet I am. Okay, I'm going to go back to the break room before all the donuts are gone. Hey, th- don't you even get it, you big throw rug? Oh, nice doggy. <laughs> nice big doggy. Sully, Sully, open the door. Open the door.
Geraldine Lakin from The Walking Dead video game and Family Guy and Step by Step, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I am Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. So as always, branching off that, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a throwback to This Week in Diz Radio History with show number 109 from 2015 featuring Step by Step and Family Guy star Christine Lakin. Jump back with us today and check it out. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we're going to go to 1931 when the Disney studio completes the Mickey Mouse short titled The Moose Hunt. It is the first cartoon in which Pluto is actually named Pluto, and although it's going to be released in May, the short also contains Pluto's first spoken line in a cartoon, Kiss Me, voiced for, by Pinto Colvig. In 1939, the premiere run of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves comes to a close when the Disney studio pulls it off the market by the day's end. It first premiered in December of 1937, and the popular animated film has been running since January of 1938, so almost five full months. In 1952, Mr. Potato Head is first widely introduced to the public when it becomes the first toy ever advertised on television, and will end up with having over one million kits being sold in its first year. In 1957, Shirley Temple took part in the dedication of the Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough at Disneyland. In 1961, here's a good feeling for anybody, Disney's loan from the Bank of America has finally paid off. Revenue from the movies now can go straight to Walt Disney Productions. In 1989, at the 61st Academy Awards, the live-action animated Who Framed Roger Rabbit film wins Oscars for film editing, sound effects, visual effects, and for animation direction. And also in 89, The Magical World of Disney airs the two-hour TV special, the Disney MGM Studios theme park grand opening, the night before the park's actual grand debut. In 1990, Disneyland's Pendleton Woolen Mills Dry Goods Store, that's a tongue twister, in Frontierland closes. It will reopen as the Bonanza Outfitters shop the following June. In 1991, the Disney and Henson television series Dinosaurs debuts on ABC TV. Based on an idea by Jim Henson, the show is going to feature live-action animation, sorry, not animation, combination of audio animatronics and puppets, and it's only the second show in existence to feature this technique. In 1995, at Disneyland's Fantasyland, the Beauty and the Beast stage show officially closes. In 1997, the restaurant in Walt Disney World's Cinderella Castle is to be renamed Cinderella's Royal Table. It was originally called King Stefan's Banquet Hall, but King Stefan was actually Sleeping Beauty Aurora's father, not Cinderella's. In 1998, the ABC TV sitcom Sabrina the Teenage Witch airs the episode Disney World. She goes on a field trip to Disney's Animal Kingdom in Florida, and Sabrina, working hard to pass a critical exam for her witch's license, accidentally turns Libby and Valerie into zebras. The episode was entirely shot at Animal Kingdom and was shot a week before the park actually opened. In 2000, actor Michael J. Fox paid a visit to Walt Disney World to add his handprints to the Disney MGM Studios collection. In 2003, Disney's The Lizzie McGuire Movie, starring Hilary Duff, premieres at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, California. The movie follows Lizzie as she graduates from junior high and goes on a class trip to Rome. 
In 2006, Disney's California Food and Wine Weekends began for the very first time at the Anaheim Park. In 2007, starting on this day, Disneyland Resort tickets can be purchased online and printed at home. In 2009, Imagineering legend Marty Sklar announced in the letter to all Imagineers that he will say goodbye to Walt Disney Imagineering on July 17th. Also in 2009, a new documentary, The Boys, The Sherman Brothers Story, screens for the first time at the Newport Beach Film Festival. And also in 2009, Disney announces that it is becoming an equity partner in Hulu, the online media streaming service. In 2011, after 15 years at Walt Disney World, the Beatles tribute band British Invasion performed their last show at Epcot. They first opened when Walt Disney World's Epcot Center in 1996, and the band has performed their Beatles tribute over 20,000 times since. In 2012, a media preview day took place for Disney's Art of Animation Resort at Walt Disney World, and is themed after four classic Disney animated films, and is located where the construction of the unfinished half of Pop Century Resort was started and abandoned in September 2001. And in 2013, Disney World rolls out its new Monsters University monorail cover. Alright, we're going to end this week in History D-Heads with a few birthdays around the company. We're going to start out our birthdays with Jason Lee, the voice of Buddy Pine and Syndrome from The Incredibles. Jason Earls, who played Hannah's brother Jackson on Hannah Montana. Harry Stockwell, who was the voice of the Prince in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Casey Kasem of American Top 40 Radio Countdown fame, as well as tons of cartoon roles such as Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, but let's not forget the series of radio ads he recorded for Disneyland's Haunted Mansion premiere. Penelope Cruz, who played Angelica, who was Blackbeard's daughter in Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, and we end this week with Kirsten Dunst being born, who appeared in Tower of Terror the movie, as well as Mary Jane Watson in the Spider-Man series. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free to email me at nathan at dizradio.com. As always, guys, have a great week and see you real soon. <laughs> Spin it! Let's begin it.
Have you got what it takes to master the Teeny Racer Challenge? Here's a download. Follow the driving course from the Teeny Racer and smash through the blocks. It's that simple. Oh, and keep an eye on the timer. Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Okay, everybody, Cody here, getting ready to bring you another installment of The Hollywood Walk. For this week, show number 147, we have none other than Jan Rapson. A lot of you are probably thinking, I have no idea who that is. Well, I'll bet you any money, you've probably heard him somewhere. This week's special guest is unique in the fact that you've probably laughed or heard, you've done something, you've heard him somewhere, guaranteed, sometime throughout your life, and you probably didn't even know it. Because he has been in the business for over 40 years and showing no signs of slowing down. So why don't we get to know Jan just a little bit better before he joins Jonathan in just a few short moments. First of all, as always, why don't we start with the obvious, where he was born in East Meadow, New York on June 14th, 1954. He first began working in the film business at the age of 15 when he was hired by Bristol Myers to write and produce short educational films. One of the films he created and starred in received a U.S. Senate Subcommittee Award. After obtaining his degree in theater arts from Long Island University and subsequently acting on stage in New York, Jan moved to Los Angeles in 1977 to pursue on-screen and voiceover acting. His quick wit was a natural fit for improv and he enjoyed performing with most of the well-known improv groups during his early years in L.A. He was a member of the Groundlings in 77 and 78, working with Phil Hartman, Paul Rubbins, Eddie McClurg, and many others, including Robin Williams and Fred Willard. His improv skills were most apparent as a member of Johnny Carson's Mighty Art Players in the 90s, when he appeared with Johnny on and off camera, in sketches, and provided the voiceover for answering machines, cash registers, and dozens of other inanimate objects. He has such a range in his voice, he can be the sweet, fun, little lovable character over here, but then he can also change it and be more of the man on the street with a little subtle wit to it, if you will, and he credits his facility with foreign accents, which he's known for as well, to his father's business clientele. His father was an accountant and worked out of the family home, and many of his clients were immigrant small business owners from Brooklyn and Queens. And just by Jan simply answering the phone, he gained a first-hand education into the dialects and accents of his dad's clients. Now, the list of things that you've heard or seen him in is way too long. It would take me the rest of this show the rest of next show it's a lot like i said he's been doing this for over 40 years and as mentioned again chances are you've heard him in something even if you didn't even know it but among some of the more well-known things especially around the d universe here that he's been a part of 
Uh, he was Axel in Bugs Life. He was in Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 as Sparks. Finding Nemo, he was everyone's lovable seagulls. Everyone knows the one line that just it's just sticks with you, and I'm sure everyone, everyone who has seen Finding Nemo has said it at least once. Mine! And uh, from time to time, I still pull it out, especially if I'm in a fun and quirky type of mood, I guess, if you will. He's appeared in Shrek 2 as well, Wally, Monsters Incorporated, where he was the sushi chef in the restaurant where Sully comes to Mike Wazowski and trying to cover up the kid just coming into the monster's world here. Ponyo, Horton Hears a Who, and also the Lorax. His commercial voiceover work includes big chains such as McDonald's, Pepsi, Ford, Budweiser, LA Gear, and Apple. And you also might remember Jan from TV series both on screen and off in movies. Jan's TV credits include Married with Children, Cheers, Designing Women, Night Court, Wings, Star Trek, and The Tonight Show. One of his more well-known roles that he has played throughout his career is Tetsuo Shima in the anime film Akira. He's also been in other Disney shows slash movies such as Aladdin and the Magic Lamp and Inside Out. He's also been in Minions, Despicable Me 2, My Little Pony, Justice League, The Adventures of Johnny Quest, The New Yogi Bear Show, What's New Scooby-Doo, Animaniacs, and on and on we go. And to give you a little bit better of an idea of where you've heard him in these Disney movies that I've mentioned, as said, he was Axel in A Bug's Life. And if you don't remember it, Axel and Loco are the two main grasshoppers in Hopper's Gang from A Bug's Life. So if you kind of go back or if maybe that kind of rings a bell now, if you remember the grasshoppers, that's who he is in A Bug's Life. In the first Toy Story, he was the gas station attendant and Mr. Mike. In Toy Story 2, he was the Japanese businessman. And in Toy Story 3, he was Sparks. And again, if you don't remember who Sparks is in Toy Story 3, he's the blue and silver robot toy who appears. He is one of Lotso's henchmen. But in the end, he is reformed. He was also in the series Cars Tunes, Mater's Tall Tales, if you remember that. I know my son watched them non-stop a couple years ago. He was in the episodes for Tokyo Mater, Monster Truck Mater, Air Mater, and Time Travel Mater. He's also done additional voices for films such as The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, and he was also the construction worker and the TV announcer in Disney's Up. So, as mentioned, and in the beginning of this segment, you've probably heard him somewhere, and I think from everything I've listed, you can at least point out at least one thing that you've recognized him from now, or that you've at least seen, and now you can kind of connect the dots of where you've seen him before. And a little fun, unknown fact about this week's special guest. He was the first contestant and champion of the American game show in 1988 called Blackout. The game would consist of two teams of two people. One would be a celebrity partner and they would try to solve word puzzles together. That consisted of a sentence or short paragraph with four blank spaces where each blank represented a word and the object of the game was for one of the players to guess the word based on clues provided by their partner. And on the other side of the table, the team that was not trying to figure out the word puzzle had blackout buttons, and they were used to block out various portions of the description in an attempt to hinder the opponent's ability to guess. So there you have it. The show went on for 65 episodes, and hey, he was the original champion of blackout, something not too many people know. But nowadays, Jan works solely in voiceover, so as you can see, he's been doing this a long time, from commercials to TV shows to just acting on the screen as well 
well in these TV shows, but probably most well known for his voiceover acting. And I'm sure we'll see him in the future. Who knows? Maybe those seagulls will make a reappearance in Finding Dory, which will be coming out. Everyone's looking forward to that. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what the future has in store for Jan. Well, that's going to do it for me this week, D-Heads. I hope you found it educational. Hope it was fun. Hope you learned something new today. Don't forget, you can always drop me a line at Cody, C-O-D-Y, at DizRadio.com. Let's just talk Disney or let's whatever you want to talk about. Just drop me a line. Let's chat. And get ready because Jan is coming up with Jonathan right after this. Have a good one, D-Heads. We'll see you next week. Makes you like the vice president of the gang. Yeah, but we can forget about him. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? <laughs> how about this? Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are the people behind the microphone making the magic happen. And with us here this week is no stranger to you. You've heard him in all the Pixar Cars tunes, Toy Story 3, Up, Wally, and many other things. And we're going to touch base upon his entire career. We have none other than Jan Rasbin here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Ah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hello out there. It is our pleasure having you stop in. I mean, your credits go on and on of all the different, you know, television series and movies and so many different things you've been part of. But in true form here at the show, I always like to start it the same way. What got you in the career of voice acting? Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in a place called East Meadow, uh, New York, which was uh, I call under Urbia. Uh, there was nothing out there except uh, uh, you, my father would drive into Brooklyn every day to work. And uh, all his clients were immigrants. And they would call up the house out there, and I would imitate them. And uh, <laughs> I got laughs and uh, love and affection, and uh, that started me on my way. Well, you know, and with that, too, you know, like I said, you know, it's one of those where you found this, and it's truly a fruitful career. So many different uh, 
things you've been part of. Now, when it comes into voice acting and, you know, getting behind the microphone and bringing these characters alive, is there one character, that one moment when you first started off in this career that really sticks out in your mind and your memory? Hmm. That's, a, that's a great question. I don't, uh, let's see, one career, one moment. I, w- I would have to say that, uh, hmm. well, yeah, but it wasn't really uh, an acting moment or anything to that effect. I-, I think when I met Mel Blanc was just like a huge turning point for me. And when he, uh, when I met him, he uh, said, I'll listen to your tape. If I don't like it, though, I, I won't contact you. Uh, I was sleeping on, um, literally on lounge chairs in strangers' backyards in Beverly Hills, because uh, I figured if you're going to sleep on a lounge chair, I sleep in Beverly Hills. And um, I had no phone number but an ex-girlfriend's aunt's phone number. And so I called her one day. I said, any messages? She said, oh, yeah, some guy named Mel Blanc called, and he said he loved your tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it meant nothing to her, but for me, that was like, oh, my God, you know, and that's really what started my career. Well, you know, and with that, too, it was a fruitful career. And I mean, especially with, you know, being part of many classics that everybody loves, especially with the newer generations and being part of G-Force, Guardians of Space. Um, you know, what is it like getting, you know, behind the microphone, being part of this, you know, series that ran for quite some time, highly popular. And of course, now people still love this series, even to this day. Really? Are you serious? I didn't know that. I didn't realize it was that popular still. I Honestly, I'm not being... <laughs> G-Force, oh wow uh, Yeah, G-Force was a long time ago um, uh, G-Force was a, a lot of fun Actually, the truth behind that is another actor uh, Couldn't continue in the role So I took over the role And I couldn't tell you how far into it it was uh, Maybe I, had, I did a series and a half or two series, I don't know Or two seasons <laughs> Took over the role, two roles I guess He was Hootie and the Professor if I recall. Correct. You know, and that show has has gained such a huge, you know, fan following to this day. It's uh, it's amazing how some of these older shows are continuing to thrive now and continue on. And, you know, people, you know, who grew up with them are trying to track them down and find DVDs. And, uh, you know, you're part of that. You know, it's very wild to me. I mean, quite frankly, I, I, you know, I go into L.A. and I work occasionally. And I go into Vancouver and I work. I live on a small island. Um, and I don't have television or anything. So I, of course, have internet. But, um, I don't, I'm not, I don't go to any of these, uh, conventions. So I'm really out of the loop with this sort of stuff. Uh, although I was the voice of, um, uh, what's his name? Tetsuo in Akira. And I've always wondered, I thought, wow, I wonder what, you know, with all this stuff going on, how come I am not, uh, going to these things? But I don't know what the story is. I didn't realize that G-Force was that big a deal. Well, definitely, especially as you touch base upon, too, with Akira and, you know, being Tetsuo, I mean, that, uh, you know, is huge. Everybody loves the animated series and so much more. Uh, I guess, you know, catching you off guard like that, uh, were you amazed that Akira ended up being so popular, especially, you know, your character being part of this franchise and, you know, people want to see a live action movie of this now? You know, it's very wild to me. I mean, quite frankly, I, I, you know, I go into L.A. and I work occasionally. And I go into Vancouver and I work. I live on a small island, um, and I don't have television or anything. So I, of course, have internet, but um, I don't. I'm not. I don't go to any of these uh, conventions. 
So I'm really out of the loop with this sort of stuff. Uh, although I was the voice of, um, uh, what's his name, Tetsuo in Akira. And I've always wondered, I thought, wow, I wonder what, you know, with all this stuff going on, how come I am not uh, going to these things? But I don't know what the story is. I didn't realize that G-Force was that big a deal. <laughs> now, I guess moving into many of the different, uh, you know, Disney uh, parts that everybody knows and loves, of course, from being part of Mater's Tall Tales, Toy Story 3, Inside Out, um, you know, Monster University, and lending your voice to that, uh, you know, being part of these films. What is it like going in and, I guess, kind of filling in these roles that if they weren't part of the movie you or part of the short, you definitely would have a different movie. You know, it really adds that depth to it. Uh, I guess, how do you tackle that when you go in there and you're adding these extra dimensions to flush out the worlds that they're creating? Well, you know, it's uh, I, quite frankly, um, I'm doing it the same way any star or anybody else would. You know, you're acting and you're taking that role. And whether it's a small role that, you know, is a very, very small supporting role or it's a huge, you know, star role, you attack it the same way and have fun with it. I mean, Pixar is just uh, uh, unbelievably fun to work with. You know, they're just so loose, so creative. They allow you to, to improv. Uh, they allow you to uh, uh, write stuff, do stuff, experiment. It's really a pleasure working with them. Well, when it goes to working with a lot of these, you know, films and that and, you know, stopping in, and like you said, they're, they, they know what they're doing and they do it right. Is there any one film that you've worked on for Pixar or any of the shorts where, uh, not necessarily on screen, but even behind the microphone, where you were just really excited to be there with the cast, the crew, or uh, the people you were working with or any of those kind of moments? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, quite frankly, and I'm not being facetious or, you know, humble here. I, I, every time, every time you just... I have had a very lucky, extraordinary career. Um, I, I really haven't had that many people I've met that, you know, you hear rumors about even stars being this and that. They're not, you know, uh, prima donnas. I've not come across that that often, uh, maybe because I'm in voiceover more and uh, it's um, more specialized. But I, I've had a ball, and uh, very rarely have I walked on a stage and not had fun. So I've... Usually, uh, yeah, even if it's just myself and the producer, my job, as I like to say, is I pretend to be other people, animals, and inanimate objects. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great, great job, you know? <laughs> Well, you know, and with that, too, you know, being part of these, too, like you said, uh, you know, you kind of hit the nail there of all the different roles that you portray. Do you ever look back and watch these films and you can pull out exactly where you were or does it just really, you know, get lost within the ensemble? Uh, sometimes I can remember the day of and how it was and, you know, because it might have been a day where we're really trying to pull some stuff out and, you know, or this or that. Some cling to me and sometimes... Um, People will ask me, well, who were you in this and that? And I have to turn to my sons and they'll say, oh, he was this and, you know, because <laughs> I don't remember. No, it's been years. Well, you know, and you were, you were part of so many different things, too, like you said. And you have so many different roles, it'd be hard to keep track. You know, everything from, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pirates of Dark Water. I mean, so many different, uh, you know, things you've been part of. Now, that also leads me to, you know, you also provide, like, coaching and whatnot for people who are up and coming in the industry. What led you through wanting to, you know, help other people, you know, kind of get their, uh, I guess, their footing and, and their, I guess, their niche into voice acting? Well, it, it, you know, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Um, 
I, I, I do something over at the college here for improv, improvisation and uh, as well, because it's just fun teaching. And uh, I'm lucky that uh, I don't have to teach and I don't have to do it full time, because I think I go nuts doing that. But uh, I like doing it once in a while. It's a lot of fun. New people and discovering, you know, especially, you know, I'm 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 61 now, and so seeing young kids doing this, it's a lot of fun to see who the new people are coming up. Definitely, well, you know, and you're also part of, you know, radio drama productions, which, you know, I'm a big fan of OTR, old time radio, and of course, you know, in the early 80s, you had the uh, revival of CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Uh, what's it like putting something like that together? And, uh, you know, working with radio drama, because, you know, it is slightly different than doing character voices, of course. Absolutely. Uh, it's a t- whole different uh, media, but I-, I love it. And and I really wish I could do it full time. That's one thing I'd love to get up in the morning, do radio dramas uh, all day and, and, and come home at night. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> well, you know, that's what you need to do is you need to go in and revive this uh, on the air and have a whole new generation of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. The world's changing too uh, too fast with, uh, with uh, you know, podcasts and everything like that, so it won't happen. But it's a fun thing to do, and I'm, I'm glad to see the revivals uh, in L.A. And, and everywhere else, so that's good. Yeah, and I, I do them on the island here as well, as you know. Well, you know, in working with, you know, voice, radio dramas, you know, coaching others and whatnot, of course, you know, looking at the entire, you know, field of voice acting and voice work, and of course, you know, you've already touched base upon Mel Blanc. Um, are there any of those roles or any of those icons that were just always your favorite above and beyond just Mel Blanc that even today you look at and you're like, wow, they, they just really have a niche and a talent and, you know, you've had the pleasure of either working alongside them or just recognizing who they are? Um. You know, frankly, it's just too many to mention because I, I, I've just been so fortunate to, to work. I, you know, I got to do um, one of the Christmas specials for uh, uh, um, Flintstones, you know, and so I work with that whole gang there. I mean, that was my childhood. My goodness, that was amazing and wonderful for me. Um, you, know, uh, you know, I've gotten to work with Johnny Carson. Uh, that was, you know, uh, a fun icon in the world you know um so uh, yeah there's a lot of people a lot of people um I, it, too many to mention, honestly. Uh, that kind of <laughs> well, you know, and you did mention Johnny Carson, of course, and that's a name from the past of somebody that is a true icon. And being part of the Mighty Carson Art Players on there, you know, doing voices for answering machines and, you know, cash registers and, as you've already said, inanimate objects, of course, for the sketches. Um, what was it like, you know, being part of that icon? Because he truly is one of the, uh, you know, golden greats in cinema history. I, I was extremely fortunate uh, the head writers of the sh- all the writers of the show knew me uh, and knew my my work, and they really pushed uh, to, ha- to get me on the show. So I was really uh, pleased with that. And uh, actually, what got me was a-, a commercial I had done in L.A. that Johnny saw, and he said, "Oh, that guy, yeah." <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, that got me the gig in the first place. And uh, he used to say to me before every show, "Don't." Um, don't uh, ad lib, and I would say, uh, you know, of course, and then I would ad lib, 
but he would hire me back for the next time. So I guess I was doing okay. Now, when you're looking back and at many different projects you do with so many different credits, do you ever go back and watch a lot of these pieces? Or sometimes do they just, you know, you walk out of the studio and two years later you kind of forgot you did it, and then all of a sudden, bam, there it is, and you kind of recall it? Yeah, uh, the second choice. I very rarely see what I've done. I, it just Frankly, when my kids were smaller, we would go to the animated shows, of course, you know, in the theater and all. Uh, but now that they're uh, 17 and 18 and they don't watch as much, I don't see half the stuff that I do. <laughs> and I never did. You know, I, and I used to do a lot of uh, radio commercials and TV commercials as well. And I never used to see those. So I don't know. Yeah, my, my voice is out there and I, I, I don't uh, really get to see or hear it much. <laughs> see, it's more people like myself who hear you, you know, where we st- I still have four young kids. So we're still hitting up, uh, you know, all the animated circles from My Little Pony and you name it. Right, right. Of course. Yeah, this My Little Pony thing is something that's a crazy, uh, crazy, wild little trip going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the <No>. brony, <laughs> yeah, and many of the bronies out there, right? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I've uh, I've done two of those shows, and uh, they're fun to do. But I didn't realize again with that, that's wild. The uh, what you know repercussions are happening with that. That's that's really crazy. It's fun. Now, you know, from many of the different things, uh, you know, from Wally, like I said, Toy Story Three, Horton, here's a who. I mean, so many different things you've been part of. Of course, you've done video games as well. How different is it getting behind the microphone, uh, you know, doing a video game as opposed to doing something that's more of an animated feature or cartoon? Well, the process is so darn different. You know, it's it's really uh, night and day. When you're doing a cartoon, usually uh, you you have a script. And you don't have uh, anything moving in front of you, no picture. And you're either with a group of people, and it's a party. It really is. You're just having fun doing this voice, getting into character. It's really a lot of fun. Uh, when you're doing a video game, you are looking at a script, and it's same amount of energy, same amount of this, but the lines are basically as the character. Uh, um, look at the left. Look at the right. Look at the left. Oh, Look at the right. Oh, you know, I mean that's and that's basically what it is. <laughs> Just repeating <laughs> thousands of lines, and so it's hard to you know it's a lot of energy. It's a different type of energy than than you would have. It's not a, a fun story, you know. Well, you know, especially you know when it comes to it, it's very it's very simple, and I can imagine how tedious it is, especially with you you know being uh, Larry Laffer from the Slim Pig series and the video games as well. So uh, so many different things now. I guess with your career and anyone out there who is up and coming into voice acting and really want to get into this because there's so many different dimensions, whether that's radio, voiceover, uh, characters, you name it. Is there any bit of advice that you could give out there for anybody tuning in who is looking to break through into this field? Yeah. um, Aim for what you want and, you know, take anything that comes along the way. You know, in other words, when I first came out to Los Angeles, um, I thought I was going to be doing cartoon voices only and sitcoms. And I got out there, and of course, reality hit. And um, (laughs) I did those things, but I realized I didn't like the on-camera industry as much. And the the, uh, animation world, when I was started off it's a long story my agent I had an agent who died and <laughs> so I wound up 
doing more um, commercial voiceover work. I never thought I never went out there for commercial. I never thought I could do it, and it wound up that that really was my uh, bread and butter for a long time. So just you know, aim for a direction, and you know, accept what comes along. Have fun along the way if you can. Definitely. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat a little bit, delve into the world of voiceover. And of course, you need to hit up those conventions with Akira as well as G-Force and, you know, get out there because you never know. You might have those uh, long lines of people waiting to get a Jan autograph. So thanks once again for stopping in, chatting with us. And uh, I'm sure we're going to be hearing you while we're flipping through the channels or uh, watching the big screen. So thanks again. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. Light mean it's going. I've been cool. I've been hungry. Now for a while. I guess most of my dreams have come true. With it all. Andy's going to college. Can you believe it? Mom, I'm not leaving till Friday. What are you gonna do with these old toys? Obsolete over the hill. Now, come on, guys. We all knew this day was coming. We're getting thrown away. No, no one's getting thrown away. We ain't ever getting played with. Hold on. This is no time to be hysterical. It's the perfect time to be hysterical. Should we be hysterical? Now. Yes. Maybe. But not right now. Come on. Let's see how much we're going for on eBay. New toys. My nose. Here it is. Here's your arm. Give me that. That's Honey, mine. The mustache. We're busting out of here. One, three. One. Three. Whoa. <laughs> Two, infinity. And beyond. <laughs> to reset your Buzz Lightyear, insert paper clip. Rex, use your finger. <laughs> Did you fix Buzz? Pitacra espacial. Uh, sort of. Oh no. Oh yes. Return of the Astronaut. Hey, this is Mike Gabriel. I'm a Disney director, animator, production designer, story man, character designer. I've done everything there. I've been there 35 years. Uh, I worked on directed Pocahontas, directed Rescuers Down Under, made a cool short called Lorenzo you might have seen, and uh, production designed Wreck-It Ralph, among other things. And I did the corporate logo, too, the, the castle logo with the fireworks and all that. I got to make that. So anyway, I'm so glad to be here at Disney On Demand. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. EC-82 Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault, where life is a highway, and I'm gonna drive it all night long. We've been in an automotive vibe these past few weeks, keeping our feet on the floor and our hands on 10 and 2, 
I thought I would bring out another Blu-ray you may not have thought of when connecting it to our guest this week. Jay Rapson has been as much a lucky charm to Pixar as John Ratzenberger. From toys to bugs, from lounge lizards to ponies, this man has done it all. He's even appeared in a number of my favorite computer games. Yes, I won a free copy of King's Quest Mask of Eternity from Sierra back in the day. I'm pretty proud of that. But focusing on this week's Blu-ray, I'm taking the unbeaten path back to Radiator Springs as I pull out the 2010 release of the ever-popular collection of shorts known as Cartoons, Mater's Tall Tales. Hearing cars and Mater already should put you in a much better place. There's nothing like being placed back into the land of cars. Well, unless you are at Cars Land at California Adventure or riding Test Track. Cartoons started out as just an interstitial, without stitch, airing on the Disney Channel and Disney XD, but then known as Toon Disney. And no, stitch has nothing to do with an interstitial, but it is something that is placed in between the main feature and a second feature. I could get really technical and probably a little medical with the definition, but you did not come here to listen to me recite the dictionary. For our purpose, these two nuggets of joy were placed in between programs or even leading up to the premiere of movies throughout the channels. Starting with Rescue Squad Mater in 2008, we were reintroduced to Mater and his racing friends, namely Nightning McQueen. A number of cartoons have since been released, but it wasn't until 2010 did we see a full Blu-ray release featuring nine tales. Why call it Tall Tales? Well, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Actually, Mater tells all of these stories from his point of view, which may or may not be the real story. These great stories give us an opportunity to peek into the past of all of our friends without having an entire movie devoted to it. The Cat of Nine Tales, I mean the regular Nine Tales, that will delight your television are Mater the Greater, a daredevil's tale about the time Lightning McQueen almost didn't make that jump over Carburetor Canyon. Rescue Squad Mater, bet you didn't know Mater was a fire truck and a doctor. Find out more as he medically aids Lightning McQueen when he was nearly burnt to a crisp. Or as I like to say, just another episode of Grey's Anatomy. Monster Truck Mater, jump back to the days when Rasslin was king and Mater and Lightning were the most feared cars in the circuit. Jan voices one of my favorite characters in this one, the Ice Creamer. Hmm, I wonder if any of them remember or met the junkyard dog. Unidentified Flying Mater, Mator, the friendly UFO, helps our Mater fly and even storm Area 51. Do you think they ever got to meet Agents Mulder and Scully? El Matador, Mater has been many things, even an ancient Spanish Matador. Didn't know that, did ya? He does have that El Camino blood in him, right? Can he conquer the raging bulls? Of course he can. He has something better than a red cape. He has lightning. Moon Mater, Houston may have its problems, but not when Mater dons his spacesuit with Lightspeed McQueen to help the ill-fated mission of Impala 13. Heavy Metal Mater, move aside Metallica, there's a new band in town. Mater, along with Lightning, front a heavy metal band. Watch out Spinal Tap. Mater Private Eye, there's nothing Mater can't do. That even includes going black and white for this noir-themed tune where Mater and Lightning are detectives in search for a missing girl. And by girl, I mean car. 
Tokyo Mater. Vin Diesel and his gang have nothing on the Drifting King Mater and Lightning 2. Think of this featurette as Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, only shorter, animated, and far more entertaining. And there you have it! Pixar did continue making more of these outlandish and extremely entertaining shorts. And why wouldn't they? They're great fun. Altogether, if you were to sit and watch all nine shorts, you would get a good 36 minutes of high-octane tunage. There is no skimping in the quality when you watch these to be a part of the Cars films, past or future. The digital transfer is pure perfection. It is as if we took the files from John Lasseter himself. Whether on the small screen in a car or the large screen in your living room, this stunning 1080p Blu-ray delivers video greatness. The audio quality is right in tow with the video. Mixed in digital high-def 5.1, you are going to hear every explosion, rocket, and dadgum as if you were right there with those characters. Now coming down the final stretch, I can see them bonus features. Boy, are there a number of them to be glad you have this disc in your collection. The great thing about these, all of the bonus features are in high def. Leading the poll is cartoon story reels. As long as the complete tunes are themselves, this behind the scenes making of is perfect for the animation fan. Complete with a picture in picture experience, this is a feature not to be overlooked. Making Mater's Tall Tales, a very brief telling of the creation of the program, blink and you may miss it, all of five minutes. Mater Bumper to Bumper, here's what most car fans have been waiting for, a sit down with John Lasseter and Larry the Cable Guy on how Mater became the tow truck he is today. I eat up every chance I get to hear John Lasseter speak. Seven minutes is not nearly enough, and sadly, like seven minutes in heaven, it's gone too soon. Unmade Tales, Ever wonder if there were other tales to tell? Of course there are, and here's where you can get a sneak peek of those that were never aired, or at least not yet. Paths to Pixar Layout In four minutes, the Pixar artists tell us why the layout artist is the most important role in making an animated short. And the gang should know, they've won an Oscar or two. Studio Stories Consider this the Lost Mater tale. Two minutes entitled McQueen Has No Hands. Cars Land Sneak Peek. Since this came out back in 2010, Cars Land had not yet opened. And here was the sneak peek into what will be a very long-awaited addition to the park. That is, until Star Wars arrives in Disneyland. I hope Randy got a chance to eat at the Cozy Cone. And finally, Mater Private Eye Trailer. Look forward to another release featuring your favorite tow truck. For something that may have seemed short, and I'm not talking about myself, this Blu-ray has a ton to offer. Great for a car trip or a lazy Sunday afternoon, cartoons, Mater's Tall Tales will make you giddy from bumper to bumper. I like the fact that all of these shorts seem natural within the Cars universe. Of course, it all makes sense, since each of these shorts were di directed by John Lasseter. When the head of the company and the mastermind behind the entire franchise is actively a part of the project, you know it will have all the heart and soul it needs to make it a classic. I could even see any of these tunes being a part of a larger story on the big screen. I hope that these do continue. With Mater's vivid imagination and the team at Pixar's fluid means of storytelling, I think Larry, Owen, and Jan have some work ahead of them. 
Since they're short, I know you'll find time to get at least one of these tunes into your Blu-ray or DVD player this week. You really should. There's definitely something for everyone in this release. If you can't get your hands on the Blu-ray or DVD, there are a number of streaming services that have this title available. Granted, you do miss out on those great bonus features, but don't let that stop you in your tracks. I'm going to file this disc under T for toe, and I will see you again next week with a new blue for you to view with me here in the vault. I'll also be back on Monday with another Monday Movie Memory. I'm sure a number of you have already picked out the tune I'm going to feature. Let's see who's right. Want to send that prediction to me? It's easy to do. Email me at jason at disradio.com. We can discuss this and anything else on the showroom floor. Keep in contact with me and the other members of the D-Team at the website. We're our own family. Come be a part of it. So until next time, D-Heads, remember the magic of Disney movies and animated shorts is beyond the canyon and always deep inside of you.
Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here with an all-new Magical Music Review. Jan Rabson stopped by earlier to chat with Jonathan. Now, as Mr. Rabson is the voice of Axel the Grasshopper, this has provided me the perfect chance to dust off the record to one of my favorite Randy Newman scores. Now, the size of our characters may be of miniature proportions, but the story, the music, and the characters themselves are larger than life. We are taking a look at none other than the 1998 Disney and Pixar film A Bug's Life. As previously mentioned, Mr. Randy Newman was the composer on the film, the second of his many scores for Disney and Pixar films. The score for A Bug's Life won the Grammy for Best Instrumental Composition. I have our selections queued up and ready to go, so let's waste no time. Come along with me as we travel to Ant Island with the music of Disney and Pixar's 1998 classic, A Bug's Life. Common in Randy Newman scores is the presence of high brass and a jazzy sound. The flick machine brings with it a feel of a great jazz ensemble cooking through a high-energy piece. With high brass, especially trumpets, piano, sax, clarinet, percussion, and low brass playing strong throughout, the number is upbeat. In the last section of the piece, we have an alto sax solo and even a small clarinet feature. Throughout, the brass switches between using mutes and playing without. The tempo keeps the piece moving the whole time. While not specifically a selection from the film, the Flick Machine bears resemblance to the music heard when we are first introduced to Flick and see him using his newly invented harvester to speed up the food picking process.
Now, if you know this film, then we all know Hopper, and we know that Hopper sees Flick as a threat. Flick stands up to Hopper twice in the course of the film, in the beginning where Hopper scares Dot and after the bird flight crashes. The second time, he's able to rally the other ants up by pointing out that they are strong as a group and that really the ants don't serve the grasshoppers. The grasshoppers need the ants. I've combined two shorter tracks here, the bird flies and ants fight back. I'm going to treat them as one. The sequence begins with a flourish as Hopper and the grasshoppers begin to come at the ants and the circus bugs. Hopper knows he's being tricked and he doesn't like it. We have a full orchestra in the mix here. The intensity is hard to ignore the low brass and the violins. There's an urgent energy that flows throughout the music. When we introduce the high brass to the mix, we know that the ants and the big giant bird are on the attack. The sound lightens up as the ants are successful in scaring the grasshoppers and more importantly, Hopper. But once the bird catches on fire, the sound changes. We come back to the urgent, anxious energy from the beginning, and we know that something's gone wrong. This is where we bridge into the ants fight back. Very low and hush, we primarily have low brass with violins and upper voices adding to the mix to give some accent points. In the middle, we have a beautiful blend of the brass and violins coming in strong all together. The ants have chosen to take a stand, and from there the sound is much brighter and we are back to a full ensemble in the orchestration as well as a full, strong ensemble in the ants.
Alright, my time is almost up, but I wanted to squeeze in one more song. In Randy Newman's first few pictures with Pixar and Disney, he also had a solo song. After Monsters, Inc., though, we wouldn't hear another one until Toy Story 3. Time of Your Life is a very light and upbeat number. Mr. Newman describes Flick and the rest of the cast in the lyrics. Flick was full of confidence and had a great task ahead of him with very few who believed in him. But when they came to work together, they could succeed. But most of all, the lyrics point out to the listener that this right now is the time of your life. You only live these days once, so you have to make the most of them and live your life well. A reminder we all need every single day. It's the time of your life, so live it well. my time is up. Thanks for hanging around for another Magical Music Review. As always, feel free to connect with the D-Team on the D-Wire discussion page on Facebook and with me with any comments, questions, or suggestions at page at disradio.com. That's P-A-I-G-E at disradio.com. Have a great rest of your week, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! This is Bruce Broughton. You're listening to Disney On Demand. Now on Biz Radio, it's Brandy, giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Brandy has you covered, giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on BizRadio.com. As we head into the spring season and de-thaw from our winter this year, let's play a game where we can warm up a bit. The game's called Olaf's Adventure, and in this game, you can play with your favorite snowman, Olaf and playing along with his serious adventure games. What a great game to warm up with a fun and lovable snowman that we all fell in love with from the movie Frozen. Enjoy hilarious all-new original comedy and voice work of the actor Josh Gad, who plays the voice of Olaf from the feature film. Discover the Avalanche game, 
Snowball Fight and Winter. Unlock Fruit Fight and Snowman Shuffle in Spring. Collect all 10 collectibles in winter and in spring to unlock exclusive snow globes for Elsa and Anna. You can play this on iOS and Android. You can download it for free. If you're not close to an Android or iPhone device, you can check it out at Applebee's. You can play it for 99 cents. So you can get a little taste of what all this adventure is all about. Is there a game you would like me to review that I haven't covered already? Or some gaming tips you would like to share with the community? Be sure to have your name, town you live in, and state so I can give you the credit. You can send me an email at randy at disradio.com. The email, again, is r-a-n-d-y at disradio, d-i-z-r-a-d-i-o dot com. Well, this is Randy signing out for Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand Ooh, i thought you were dead with your host jonathan johnson what my dad gave it to me it shows exactly where we are on the planet boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. was this baby we'll never be alive. you just tell the man you want to go back to your mother all right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It has been a fun romp going into the sound studio, having some fun here, the D-team, and so much more. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented, the voice actor, the man himself, Jan Rabson, for stopping in here, chatting with us, taking that trip down memory lane, and I'm sure we are going to hear more from you all throughout the year on those television commercials, of course, with the upcoming animated film, The Secret Life of Pets, and many others. So thank you, Jan, once again, for stopping in and chatting with all of us here at the show. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. Yes, no show would be complete without that D-Team. They help break up the nuisance of me rambling week in and week out. They're the ones that help bring the magic and memories for all of you D-Heads out there. So I want to extend that thank you to Aaron, Caitlin, Nathan, Cody, Paige, Jason, and Randy, all for stopping in here with their signature segments. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-Team, email them, drop them a line on our official website at dizradio.com. DIZradio.com, just go to the D-Team page. And finally, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. You are the reason we've been coming back for six years. Yes, six years of Disney On Demand, all because of you. You allow us to come to you with the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. You are the reason that we continue to bring all these special guests and help you take that trip of nostalgia, that trip down memory lane from your childhood, your children's childhood, and more. So thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, we would not be here. So next week, we have a very special guest stopping in once again. But before I jump into that, yes, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, memes, our Lifetime of Disney player, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. 
Disney.com. You can also connect up with us over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, magical show. And finally, if you just need that show, you need it in your ears, you need the magic instantly, all you have to do is subscribe. Yes, go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. It is that simple, that easy, and you can get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, your tablet, and get the latest shows as soon as they get released, so there's no delay in getting the magic and memories right there in your ears every week. And all you got to do is search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue, and subscribe right there through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And remember, if you can't remember all these ramblings, all you got to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. We have everything right there for you to just click on, go to, and to answer all of your questions. So next week, we have more fun on the horizon as our guests are not slowing down. We are gearing up for Cinco de Mayo, Mother's Day, and all kinds of fun. So with that, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not even going to give you a, a hint this week because we have a fun one planned here for next week for all of you D-heads. So with that said, it has been a fantastic show, fantastic romp, and with the weekend coming and springs in the wings, baseball is getting played, take time, slow down, and as I always say, never neglect family for business. Family is the most important. Never neglect them. Slow down and take those moments. And finally, in closing, come on. If you were a bug, let's all admit, sometimes it's tough to be a bug. Catch you online and see you next week, D-Heads. Fresh fruit and flowers. If it were for the fact that we like the taste, you'd be out there wallowing in shoulder high waist. Shoulder high waist. And Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.